Exit. Exit. I'm gonna sound so different today. Oh, dude, you're gonna sound like you're gonna sound like your your voice is gonna be bassy and uh and and it's gonna be like three semitones lower. I have a relatively bassy voice, but I feel like when it's put in comparison to yours, it sounds less. I know? don't. I I still don't. I mean, if, if I really try, I can make my my voice a bit bassier. I've always had a low voice, but it's never been like I get when I get excited about topics, I, I it gets higher, and then I normally only talk about things I'm excited about. So you don't. If you if I sound deep, it's because I don't care. Hey Google, what's the average uh, hertz of a, a male voice? That's a great question. What's she saying? Range of 100 to 120 hertz for men. It didn't give me what I was looking for. There's no way that's what that is. That's like, that's like down here, man. No. Yeah. Anyway. Well, if, if there's anything to know about us, it's we're not average men. <laughs> and you can take that however you want well clearly you're not average you're you're one of the very few people i know that have uh, gotten over it uh, with bennett foddy yeah the I, hit video game series series containing one entry i i think it would be really funny that if it got a, a sequel or anything because it definitely getting over it definitely you know inspired other uh like what there's a word for them there's a word for them just like these like precision Massacre. precision platformers precision platformer um uh, hell platformers yeah like those types of they're things. incredibly punishing uh you know one one mistake can reset all of your progress they're they're designed to be incredibly frustrating but uh, but beginning over it pairs that with some philosophy about that sort of thing it's very meta in that sense i would yeah i would argue against uh getting over it being part of that group because a lot of those games at least the ones that i'm thinking of are ones that are um deceptively hard i'm thinking like i want to be the guy yeah like things of that nature where it's just like oh you couldn't have known what was going to happen and this is simply unfair and it's just pattern recognition yeah you know but Bennett Foddy, I really, and I, I wasn't like doing a bit when I said this. I, I mean it genuinely. Uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy is a five out of five for me. It is, that is, uh, it's pretty low on my uh, perfect list. That's another thing we should do. I should show you my list of games that I consider to be perfect. You have a of lot right of now. those. I, there's 26 right now. This is far more than me. But that's, you know, perfection is all subjective anyway so who cares about anything but right it's it's low on my perfect games list but it's still i really like it because it does exactly what it says it's going to do and i appreciate that you know I, I i do have to wonder though because i know that you said uh that you know you played half-life last week and yeah that part of your like you felt like your experience was a bit frustrating because you you're not particularly good at shooters i wonder how like you understanding the control scheme of getting over it 
relatively rapidly uh had an influence on your experience with it i definitely see i'm i i like to when i start up a game if i'm not familiar with it i like to like familiarize myself i like to try out every possible combination of things to see what'll happen i'm the guy who before he starts the game goes to the options menu Mm -hmm. um oh well i do that too i'm a pc gamer well yeah i mean if you're playing pc you kind of have to but like even if it's not a pc game that's like i like to make sure that all my things are set up properly and i like to i before i do anything in a game i press every button to see what happens and then you know i go from there and so this game was very much like okay there's not really many options but i can play with the physics and see what these do right i will say our mutual friend cat i showed her uh so she didn't she purchased it recently um but she didn't play it we were playing it for uh our video game class and she didn't purchase it yet and i was like after class one day i was like hey i have it on my laptop if you want to play it for uh tomorrow's class she's like okay she picked it up way quicker than me like she was on it really? immediately and it was very impressive to watch and she was playing with a laptop trackpad so like doubly impressed you know i feel like that's the kind of thing where that might be easier i feel like if you played this sort of thing with a drawing pad you would be sad shout out osu did you say sad or set set okay yeah, I I don't know if the trackpad would make it easier or harder, but like it's different. It like I played it a little bit after she did and it was like, yeah, I don't I don't like this because I played it with the mouse first. But I, it was like yeah. it was fascinating to see like how quickly she adapted to the things because I took so long just like trying to understand what was happening to me. The physic like the physics are odd. But once you get them, you get them. But it took me a, like a like a while to get them. Yeah, um, but I beat the game and she hasn't. So fucking, who's really cool? You know. I feel like that's something that I don't know. I was gonna say something about game physics and how you can watch someone play it, but you can never understand what it feels like until you try it for yourself. But that's really a given and not very interesting. So I'm going to avoid that thought. You, I mean, you did just fully voice that, (laughs) but sure. Avoid it. Um, well, I think it's, I think it's interesting what, uh, Bennett Foddy started because it, it, it wasn't, it didn't mean to become, the sort of game where all a whole bunch of streamers were playing it and i disagree it was absolutely meant that way because one of the lines in in the dialogue says you're probably not even playing this you're probably watching uh a youtuber a streamer with 10 million viewers playing it and instead of experiencing it yourself you're viewing this like a baby bird being refed its food by its mother and I fucking that's what that's what turned this game from a four point five to a five for me. That immediately was like, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Are you that's absolutely certain that line was not added after it blew up? No, there was def that was there that that was like all intentionally. Right, all right, all right. Because it's not. Listen, I'm not gonna I make it seem the, like I'm game just saying is that sort of easy, thing is really like, hard to predict, and especially positing yourself with ten million. That's listen, oof. rage game with janky physics that's asking for youtube fame this was in 2017 the formula had been well established by this point you know 
it was a pretty it was a pretty easy bet and if people knew him uh since he made quap like they knew what they were getting into it was it was almost guaranteed a a, a sure bet you know i actually because uh i'm taking this class i have all of my notes i'm going to look for uh our professor gave us the in inline uh notes for what he says um let's see what 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 exactly he says um now i know you're most likely watching that it now i know most likely you're watching this on youtube or twitch while some dude with 10 million views does it for you like a baby bird being fed chewed up food that's culture too that's culture too but on the off chance you're playing this what i'm saying is trash is disposable but maybe it doesn't have to be approachable what's the feeling like are you stressed i guess you don't hate it if you got this far feeling frustrated it's underrated my man bennett Foddy has bars <laughs> that was another thing i didn't pick up until later is that he speaks in rhymes the entire game which is it adds to the which has like a weird feeling. meter to his his speech yeah um, but he doesn't speak like he's talking in rhyme, so you don't notice it right away. Yeah, he just sounds like he's delivering, well, uh, just a bunch of prose. Yeah. Anyway, that game is is legendary status. But it's back in 2017, I saw a bunch of YouTube people and Twitch streamers playing it, which then made me not want to play it because me it just too. looked like another one of those kinds of games. And I'm very glad that I gave it a chance now because it is... it, it displays a really like mature uh sense of wisdom about uh modern internet culture and what it means and this game was really like it was it was like a trojan horse it infiltrated mm -hmm. the youtube and streamers to get the message out there and whether or not people listen to it it doesn't matter it got the attention it needed which is hilarious because now here we are six years later and the Pro, the, the the most prevalent streamer game right now is only up which is a third person platform haven't even heard of this yet third person platformer version of getting over it without the philosophy oh so less exciting yes only up yeah please please look this up because it do, it looks it looks kind of awful to me and perhaps oh I'm, i have seen i have seen people playing this this doesn't look i don't care about this perhaps i'm going through the cycle again of i see uh jacksepticeye play it and i go i don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole yep that's but, a good that's honestly that's a pretty good barometer no offense but like honestly all are, the, like all the love to jack he's a great guy but sure i've never watched a single one of his videos and i have zero opinion about him but, but i do know he's irish That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so out of left field. Speaking of games that we consider perfect, um, let's. Freeman has concocted a theme for this episode. Woo woo! Good games, best games, greatest games. Are we doing mine or just the world's? I think let's go. Let's go through. Objective. Yeah, completely objective. Uh, based on the people who use backlogged, um, the top rated game for each year 
from 1980 through to 2022. We're not including this year because this year isn't over yet, you dumbass. And there's so many games that could be it. What do you think? Let's let's make a prediction and we'll come back to it. What do you think is going to be the highest rated game of, of this year? Not your own opinion. What do you think will be? What do you think will make this list in a year's time? I don't think there's a question about it. I think it's Tears of the Kingdom. And I think, just for sake of us having two different answers, because I also think it's Tears of the Kingdom, I'm going to say Final Fantasy 16. Um, yeah, based on the like user base, I'm, I could also... No, I couldn't, actually. Never mind. Say it. Say it. I was going to say I could see Armored Core picking up some some love, because... Uh, Maybe. Because that is that is fr- that is from Soft, and we do love our Japanese devs on this list. And yeah. Armored Core Six it seems like it's gearing up to be uh, maybe the most interesting one in the in the entire franchise. I digress, okay. though. I think we're that, not so, here to talk uh, about contemporary games. We're here to talk about old games. Yeah, and contemporary games. All yeah, I guess that that didn't really work, did it? We'll start with old. That games, doesn't make though. any sense. Um, I, I, I would like to preface this as well. The website I'm using is called Backlogged, which is essentially letterboxed for video games, or at least one variant of it that I like. And so this is very much so for, like for people who have large backlogs and want to track what kind of games they have. So I figured it was solid for uh, understanding the kind of people who are critical about video games, which is to say people who are avid game players people who are very critical and very uh in tune with the gaming uh space um i picked one game which was the highest rated for each individual year it was released not including any re-releases remasters remakes anything of any kind it must be an original game uh of its own you know title were there any instances where a top rated game for that year was a remake Yes, most. Most? I maybe not most, but a good percentage of them were either remakes or remasters because like, I suppose so re-releases games. would do that, yeah. And, and sometimes the remake is better than the original release, so then that would of push it higher than it normally would be. Which is like right. some of these Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Either way, I wanted to, I wanted it to be like, okay, I don't want to show uh the same game five years in a row. Like I would like to give it to original creations. If you are, and I, and I removed um, like DLC and bonus content, uh, additional like, uh, like extra like side story edition stuff. It's just base game that came out that year that people consider to be the highest quality. Um, so the question now: Are we going from twenty twenty two? Or are we going from 1980? I which also should, I chose. We we should start with the old stuff. I mean, let's let's see what okay. we what we can even recognize in these first 15 years. Yeah, I I chose 1980 by the way because uh, video games have existed since before then, but video games in their current form kind of started in 1980. That's when games started becoming arcade, you know, mainstream things. So Berserk, you know about Berserk? Um. I know I know about the the manga. I don't know about this uh, this man. Is it based spandex. on a manga? Uh, 
No, no, not whatever this is. Uh, Let's see. Berserk is a multi-directional shooter designed by Alan McNeil and released for arcades in 1980 by Stern Electronics of Chicago. So this is it like... Is one of the, it is one of the first arcade video games with speech synthesis. Speech synthesis? So you mean it goes like... Sure. No, it's like when you have those like fucking like super like compressed sounding audio files. Oh, yeah. It's like that. I, I, I usually have like a, a funny voice effect thing, but I really should be using that for these podcasts. You Yeah, honestly, we're so behind on like what we should like. We should be having a full thing of sound effects. We I should really, also have sponsors. Like the video game uh, Berserk from 1980. Buy it right now. Go on to eBay and purchase a copy. Purchase the full arcade cabinet, please. Sealed copy. We'll get it. We'll get a kickback. I promise. I have nothing else to say about this game. It is a shooter, and I don't like those. So. Well, if I was to describe this to the audience uh, in terms of visuals, it looks like. A, uh, a, 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 I want you to imagine that you drew some random uh, <laughs> perpendicular lines in MS Paint. They are blue. Very nice. The rest is black space. There are funny little red robot men uh, that look vaguely Among Us-like. And they're, they are a little Among Us, aren't they? And there is a green humanoid. Play the sound effect. That Play the sound like effect right now. Boop, 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 boop. No, I mean, I mean in post. Like, put it. In... <laughs> okay, no, leave that. But then afterward, put the other one for comparison to see how good you did. There is also a small green man that is. Uh, he looks like he's, um, like a crosswalk. Uh, a funny crosswalk man tells you that you're okay to walk across now. He's you. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been on a crosswalk in my life. So that was Berserk, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you Not on the next good. episode. What if we did this one a week? <laughs> How long would it take? It would be 2023 by the time... It would be 2024 by the time we got to 2023. We'd be on season six, yeah. Um, That'd be pretty cool. But next up, we do have one that I think both of us will recognize. It's Galaga. Galaga. I Everybody actually, knows this one. I actually really like Galaga as far as I think, old arcade titles go. I think Galaga's fine. I mean... I think it's alright. I think it's pretty good. There's not much to either. write home about. It controls good. It's satisfying. You get a little pixelated crunch when you when you blow up the bad guys. What's What more could you yeah. ask for? I personally prefer Space Invaders, but that's just me. Ever the contrarian. Way. Ever the contrarian, Freeman. I would never be a contrarian, and I'll fight you on that. Uh, Robotron 2084. I can't wait until 2084 when this game comes uh, to life. <laughs> uh, I would love to a see man cr- the, uh, I don't know, predictions made by video games uh, versus what we actually There's, get in reality. Doesn't Half-Life 2 take place in 2023? Aren't we in there now? No, it takes place in 20XX. I looked up the Wikipedia page the other day, and it said Half-Life 1 takes place in 2003. And the, That's the, when the, the Source version takes, came out. 
Half-Life 1 takes place in 19XX or 1990X. No, it, it takes place in 2003 and, and the website said Half-Life 2 uh, takes place 20 years in the future, which means we're in Half-Life 2, baby. I'm absolutely certain you are wrong. So Puppet Jules on uh, Backlog <laughs> says cocaine game. Uh, when referring to Robotron 80, uh, 2084. And I think that's very accurate because I don't know anything else about this game. This is why I didn't want to start with the 80s because I don't have anything to say about any of these. You really get a, a, a feeling of what kind of games people are into. And like, in like the 80s is like a wasteland. And then the 90s is kind of a nightmare. And then at one point it just like, oh shit, games are art again. It just goes, games it are just art goes for, nuts. For, for once. So what? And then the good games start. Beam and Rider, then the good games Beam Rider go away. is just Beam Rider is just like like imagine Guitar Hero but it's Space Invaders. I didn't even know we were on Beam Rider. Oh, I thought we were. I thought we were past. It Robotron. looks like uh, Tron. That's cool. Tetris. Everybody knows Tetris. Um, everybody loves Tetris. Russia. You know what? Right, you know what? Give Tetris credit because out of the five things we have named so far, only one of them is still getting like constant praise, press, and attention. Have you ever played the original version of Tetris? No, actually, I haven't played like the like like on Atari or NES. No, like straight up the original, cabinet? as in like no, not even the cabinet. Like this was. A non like you can uh, download like a uh, an emulation of like those old uh, Electronica sixty computers that played it, and it's it's literally just like ASCII uh, like blocks moving around, and it's so bizarre, and I love it. That's fascinating. like that was the original version of Tetris, and I think technically because of how it was distributed, because it was never released commercially, Tetris I think might count as the first shareware game. Because they just like oh were totally like, Shh, it, like, oh shit you heard about Tetris fucking check this out and then they just like show it around to people or in the in their Russian offices and then it blew up in the Soviet Union the Soviet Union did blow up um, a mind Dude, that's... forever voyaging now this one is super fascinating because this is 1985 this beat out Super Mario Brothers which is so funny to me so this is Super a, Mario uh, Brothers is the second highest rated game of 1985 but this is this is a text based adventure is it. This is a text-based adventure uh, intended as a polemical critique of Ronald Reagan's politics. And it's not even, like, it's very deliberate. There's no jokes. It's just straight up, like, here is uh, Ronald Reagan's future. And it's so fucking funny. That sounds and now I, really I dry, really but play this. it was super interesting, at least. It also, like, just looking at, like, a Mind Forever Voyage, this looks like one of those artsy kind of games where it's like, I gotta know what's going yeah, on Yeah, it looks like here. a fucking Kaufman film. I think the, the guy on the box art looks like Andy Kaufman. <laughs> Andy? Andy Kaufman, you know. Yeah, that's definitely what I was talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, that's what we're talking about right now. Um, Solaris, Solaris. From 1986. Uh, this is, is this the, uh, is this the, is, is this the, the, the Russian film? Uh, uh, Big Uncle says, I got this confused with the Andrei Tarkovsky film. <laughs> Fair. That's what I was asking. 
That's fair. Thank uh, you, big uncle. <laughs> I have, Otaki I have, is actually something I have a really interesting story about. It's not an interesting story. I just like it a lot. About Tarkovsky? Otaki. Oh, Otaki. Do you know about Otaki? I thought, I thought you said Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky because we were still Tark- talking about Solaris. Otaki is the game no, from, for, for 1987, though. It is. Otaki, what do you know about Otaki, Matt? Well, I know that it, it's the best looking game we've had so far visually. It is. It's also the best uh, game musically. It's a music game. It's a rhythm game? Uh, it's it's kind of like a proto-rhythm game in that like you shoot and the sound of your projectiles and your movements uh, will be different based on where you are in the song. And so you like by moving and shooting, you create music and each playthrough you make a slightly different thing. I highly recommend you look up a playthrough of it because mm. it's like mesmerizing and I I love it. I think it's such a cool like concept. And this was back on the NES where like Yeah, this is 87, so music was very very simplistic and very difficult to program more than like three sounds. So Yeah. The way that the game actually like does it is so fascinating to me and it's it's genuinely hypnotizing to watch a playthrough of it i um yes you know what this is making me think i'm just thinking of like experimental bizarre rhythm games right now and i'm thinking of vib ribbon of all things which i'm not sure if you're familiar with dude i fucking i don't love it but i do like it that's i've never played it but i've seen it played and it looks it's it's one of those games that's like like I, it just looks like a good time. Yeah, it looks completely oh, insane. No. I think it would be very uh, difficult to play for like more than an hour. But oh yeah, it's not a, like a long term kind of playing game. But it's like so I'm, I'm not looking for a long term relationship with Vib Ribbon. Yeah, uh, you um, what what do you call it? A um, what do you what do you call that when you do a quick a quickie? Um, a come and go. Do not <laughs> do not the rabbit from Vib Rock Ribbon. Man Two, Doctor Wiley Nonazo. Doctor Wiley Nonazo. I, I can't do that. Please do a Japanese accent. Rokuman Two. Um, this is also known as Mega Man Two. Yeah, the reason it's not say. Mega Man Two is because the Japanese version is slightly different. Oh, a little harder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, Mega Man 2 is probably the first, outside of Tetris, this is the first, like, commercially recognizable game. Yeah. It's Mega Man 2. Everybody knows Mega Man 2. It's, Mega it's the Man. best Mega Man game. Everybody loves Mega Man. Jump and shoot, man. You got the metal blade. You got... Is this zero? Uh, is this zero there? No, that's Mega Man X, you fucking... Oh, see, it shows how much I know. Fucking idiot. Um, Mega Man 2 is pretty fun. Have you ever played it? I have never a Mega Man. You've never Mega Man? No. It's, Mega Man's very fun. I don't care for the Mega Man X series, which will probably get me excommunicated. But I don't, it's not for me. But I really like the original Mega Man series. Mega Man 6, shout out Mega Man 6. Now, if I was this game from 1989, what would you call me? I would call you Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Okay, I was gonna say because I can't read this. <laughs> I, I saw it's, I saw a vampire at a castle, and I was like, I have a, I have a good feeling about what this. Is. Oh, is that is that that's 
is that supposed to be Simon? It's, on the cover? No, that's um no, that's uh what is his name? Richter? Um Um What's his name? What is his name? Please tell Alucard? me somebody has his name. No Alucard is in this game, if his first appearance. Um fuck what it's like uh it's it's like on the tip of my tongue. It's such a like a generic name. It's like Trevor. <laughs> I think it might be Trevor. Is it Trevor? Hold on. Let's fucking go. It's Trevor. It's such an awful name for like dude with long hair, armor, a whip, and what's even better in Japan, his name is Ralph. <laughs> Do you think we got the better end of the stick, or what's up? I think I got whipped. Whips are very prominent in this game. Castlevania <laughs> three, uh, you weigh, uh, you have a whip sometimes. If you're Trevor, if you're not Trevor, uh, you're a vampire, and if you're not a vampire, you're a lady who has magic spells. And if you're not a lady with the magic spells, uh, I think you're a thief guy. You're like a jumping thief guy. So I, it's I, Castlevania. Have you, have, have you engaged with this video game? And played it. I have. If do you know um the Netflix series Castlevania? I do. I didn't watch very much of it though. Okay, so the Netflix series is very loosely based on this specific game because Trevor is the mm. main character. Uh, I think it's Maria, one of the, the lady, the magic lady, and then Alucard is in it, and then there's another okay. guy. And this is like pretty interesting for the Castlevania series because you had multiple playable characters. Uh, there were different pathways you could choose that led you to different, like, endings, I believe. Um, it was a very, like, uh, complex game for its time. Nice. So I imagine and that's why shout it's out up here. Akuma, Ak- Ak- Akumajo Densetsu. <laughs> now, moving on to Japan, Captain Tsubasa 2 Super Striker. Is this, that's a soccer game. I was going to say, is this just soccer? It's soccer, but it's also an RPG where you're not just playing soccer. You're like, it's it's like a tabletop RPG where like you choose your moves and like to like you choose what characters do what actions. And there's like RPG elements where like you talk to your teammates and it's like a whole story. And this is Captain Tsubasa 2, which is based on a anime manga something. And it's a sequel. And apparently it's pretty good. Well, damn! I'm that. That sounds more interesting than most sports games to me. It also the thing is, I can't. A lot of these older games, less people have reviewed them, so like, it's probably more up for debate. But the few people who have reviewed this game really like it. That's true. So there's that. Um, Monkey Island Two. Lechuck Revenge. Can I just say Lechuck is such a good name. Do you know? Are you familiar much with Monkey Island? Because I'm not. I'm I'm not either. I know I, I, this is really weird because I know like specific puzzle solutions and stuff from uh, just perusing YouTube videos and forums, but I sure. um I I don't know about endings, characters. I don't know plot points. I know that it's a point and click, and I know that the puzzles are often very obtuse. And I mean, I'm interested to know why. Monkey Island 2 is the one Monkey Island title that gets an entry here and not, uh, you know, the the original uh, Monkey Island, per se. Um, 
Amazing Penis says, if my memory doesn't fail me, this wasn't as good as the original one. Thank you, Monkey. Uh, thank you, uh, Amazing Penis. Shout out, Amazing Penis. Um, but I do think well, the the other important thing to mention this is a LucasArts game, and if you know about LucasArts, you know uh, they'll be coming up again soon. But also, uh, they're very good at making point and click adventures. I was gonna say, yeah, this is we're we're in the era of point and click adventures. These are this is. Yeah, this is where games are starting to get story based. They're they're getting more creative, and PC is starting to take over what games, what what games should be. Let's go. Okay. Um. And then Star Control Two. This is made by Toys for Bob. This is a you know. I like this cover art, but it's probably not representative of. Yep, that's an MS DOS blue screen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, oh, actually, some of the art in this game looks interesting, but yes, another, uh, it's like, it's like a sim, a light sim. It's a space sim? adventure game that features role-playing elements alongside a 2D spaceship melee combat system. This looks like a, hey man, this game's got everything. Yeah, you just said a in lot of, you said a lot of words there, I think. Right? Um, I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, you can only have one game, so you get Star Control 2 and you get a bit of everything. Yeah, I need I need that I really hope inner space uh melee combat. I really hope one day uh people will look back on this specific episode and be like, "Wow. These guys are so fucking dumb. They have no <laughs> idea about any of these games." If you if Lucas if you played uh 1986 Solaris, please let me know and why is it so good yeah why is tell me yeah i educate me if you will um maniac mansion 2 day of the tentacle another point and click graphic adventure game known as one of the best point and click games of all time i played a few hours of this and i did not enjoy it bummer i i really could why are you the worst <laughs> I think that's it. I think point and clicks, which is, this is really weird to say because Mist worked for me, but I, I think maybe the lack of characters in Mist just allowed me to think my way through puzzles better. But in Day of the Tentacle, I I don't know. I'm probably just dense, or maybe the the design of the environments is it's difficult for me to piece things together. I couldn't figure out what to do most of the time, and by the time I did, I felt frustrated. The, the amount of things in the menu is much overwhelming, and, and I want you to keep in mind that I played the remastered version, so mm. I, I, I shouldn't... I, I think that when you're making a remaster, you should take the opportunity to get rid of some of the jank. Yeah, but these games are very, like, context-sensitive, and so, like, I can understand, like... I know. There are some, like, elements that you would maybe want to keep for, like posterity Not nostalgia sake, sake yeah. but like the game isn't the game if you remove all of the elements that make it that way i and a lot it. of like the puzzles are understanding this item does this thing at this time in this place all that being said the the style and like the the visual appeal 110 percent. that's there it's so oh it's so cool it's so crazy how well they adapted that mid 90s american cartoon style to yeah to video games and i i really it's a, like you do not see it happen a lot it's a very rare style to see in video games 
And I don't know if you noticed, nobody ever talks about the original Maniac Mansion for a reason, because Maniac Mansion 2 is just better. Well, yeah, that's why I ever, we, just, we don't even call it that. We just call it Day of the Tentacle. Exactly. Now, moving on to a game that I finally have something to say about, and I have a lot to say about it. Final Fantasy motherfucking 6. Yeah, this one's the one I'm supposed to play. Is it? Is this the one that I recommended you play? I I don't... Or just in general, people have? I think it's the one you recommended me to play. Most people say 7. 7 is also good, but, like, 6 is if you're, like, a a retro type of gamer, if you're a pixel art boy, Final Fantasy 6 is definitely more in your alley. It's also just so fascinating to know what they did on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away any spoilers because when you do play it, you don't want to be spoiled on it. But like narrative-wise, Final Fantasy games really started getting good at 4. And 6 took it to an entirely different level. For those who know, there's a reason uh, Kefka Palazzo is one of the most iconic villains of all time. He is maniacal. He is funny. He is just a downright psychopath and he is so entertaining every time he's on screen the characters are all they all get their own little mini arcs which in a super nintendo game is very impressive um there's a lot of open-endedness that you get to experience the world in whatever order you want at a certain point and you like there's so many like every every character has a different class that they're a part of so you can mix and match characters to see what kind of playthrough you want to have it just has a lot of it's got a lot of good stuff in it and And the story is really nice and that's why it's up here it's really complex and like engaging and like this is what set final fantasy on the steampunk path this was the beginning of that um it's just a good fucking rpg man like it's it's one of it's like if you need to play an rpg um you should play Chrono Trigger instead. <laughs> Fucking got him. This is so. This what is, a transition. This is our yeah. This is our nineteen ninety six entry. Ninety five. Might be. Now, if you haven't noticed, we have moved from point and clicks to RPGs, and we're going to stay in the RPG territory for a while, which is my bag. Yeah, I played like an hour of Chrono Trigger, got distracted, and never picked it up again. Um, that's okay it's which i know is like i i completed like maybe a fourth of the tutorial at that point for an rpg did you even get out of the did you get out of the 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 festival yeah okay but that's something that's super fun is the game is it's way more open-ended than you probably are even imagining the like ever almost every action that you perform in the festival has consequences later on in the game at a specific point. God damn it. Well, now I'm just going to restart is, and do that, that in mind. Right? It is... There's time travel. There's uh, adventures. There's drama. It's it's a fun action RPG. It's like in one of those early action RPGs where uh, time is moving fluidly. Similar to uh, Final Fantasy VI. But, like, you are... Like, your placement uh, around enemies changes your uh, how you interact with them. Um, all the characters they're super fun and it's just like it's got the fantastic uh, Akira Toriyama art style um, it's it's silly at times it's serious at times it's just a good fucking RPG again 
another one. Uh, this is it's got Kichiko Rants. The next one, Kichiko Rants, literally translating to Brutal King Rants. Of uh, I believe this game is fascinating because they, I believe, uh, if this is the one I'm thinking of, the company was about to go bankrupt, and so they went, okay, we're gonna put every other idea we have left into this one game because it's going to be our swan song and then it sold really well and then the series continued was, and so it was like i'm looking at the like pictures of this like this is the visual style on this is fucking nuts yeah they went they they literally went we're going to we're going bankrupt we are going to put everything that we have in this one game and it somehow worked out they thought like this was it and it was over so shout out to this game for i believe continuing on the franchise it's a pretty bad suicide note our first visual novel oh just visual novel in between the combat i mean that's kind of how i would describe like the like there's a lot of just like taught like story with with um panels of art that's visual novel-esque see i'm fine when visual novels are mixed with other things but when the game's primary function is visual novel i don't know i get a big question mark above my head it definitely i can understand that because like where i i think video games as a medium are so broad it's just like if you can interact with something it's a video game just end it right there and so visual novels maybe don't have anything no, because to offer it, beyond that but like it's still it's like you do, you can't just put a visual novel in a book you know like it's it's the point of it is it's, you can it's called a it's called a choose your own adventure book yeah but like i get what you're saying those though. are right but choose your own adventure books don't usually have visuals to them. i know it's just an inefficient something use of the medium I personally, I don't think I've ever played a proper visual novel. I've played like Phoenix Wright, and I've played visual novels that have other elements. But you but see I've what never I mean? It's played... like that, that Phoenix Wright is interesting because if it was just the back and forth in the courtroom, and you had the evidence available to you without any of the investigation, then it wouldn't be interesting. Oh, that's a sick game. <laughs> like by itself, it's a really interesting game. But then it's like, okay, now go and find evidence. It elevates it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night. When that this is one there, that I I'm familiar with, still haven't played, but I I I want to because it seems like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this one's a bit more linear than uh, other Castlevania games. Um. Do you think Metroidvania games are linear? <laughs> Which Metroid? No, Metroidvania, like the genre. No. Okay, this is the first Metroidvania. This is this is what birthed Metroidvania as a as a genre. Huh? Because this is the first Metroidvania game. What are you talking about? Metroidvania as a genre. What do you think that is? I, it's I know it, it's Metroid and Castlevania, but there have been so many entries in both of these series prior to this. Right, but Metroid has always been Metroid. Castlevania has not always been Castlevania. Symphony of the Night is the beginning of the Vania part of Metroidvania. Okay. So this is the first, you explore the mansion, you get a new upgrade that opens up new areas for you to explore, you 
go around finding new things and you slowly progress through that progression system right you can't you, you get blocked off from one area you look for new tool new tool lets you get to new area rinse and repeat this is the first yeah this is the first game to do that it came in for the ps1 it's got gorgeous pixel art it is one of the most stunning looking games on the ps1 for that reason mm-hmm. it's got the metroidvania fucking awesome gameplay uh, uh gameplay and uh it's a sequel to rondo of blood which had Richter in it, and you play as Richter in the opening sequence before he gets possessed, and that's neat. I just so... You know what? I'm probably just going to, like, the entire time in the back of my head while I'm playing this, when I do get around to it, be like, yeah, it's no Super Metroid, though, just because it's like this has been chosen as the ambassador of the genre on this site. Yeah, it really... But that's the thing is, like, can you... Is Super is the original Super Mario Brothers the greatest platformer of all time? No, but it did proliferate the genre, and so you got to give it props for that, as well as being itself a pretty good game. But did just say? But Super Metroid does hold up, though. Yeah, it does, and I can almost guarantee you, Symphony of the Night also does. Blah. And I can't wait until we get to the other Castlevania game on this list because that one is even better. Blah. Uh, what am I looking at? Suicune 2. Yeah, the Suicune. That's a Pokemon. I do... I clicked the JPEG. I clicked the JPEG here, and it's got two of the main characters being hung by the neck. That's pretty hardcore. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. That's not what I'm seeing. Oh, that, now I'm seeing it. I just refreshed it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, It's the sequel to Suicune. Uh, Suicune is like a very, very big rpg series in japan i don't know anything about it but i know people who really love it and the people who really love it are like real serious about it so i believe them when they say it's great shout out the year 1998 uh 1999 has planescape torment i know about this one i don't so please tell me what is it well i i know about this one specifically because it relates a lot to disco elysium in terms of gameplay this is where Disco Elysium draws a lot of its inspiration. Um, Neat. You know, you, you work a lot on, uh, you know, dialogue skill checks, whether or not you're able to not necessarily persuade, but even just continue a conversation in the way that you want to because of the way your skills are built. There's an isometric art style that's very confusing at some points. Um, mm. Beyond that, I don't know too much about it. I know that it's... Uh, it's a bit more uh, like steampunky, uh, not not quite as. The the uh, thing here says that it's set in the Dungeons and Dragons setting of Planescape, so it's a D and D world. Yeah, so it's, it's that's that's pretty fantasy. Yeah, but is there steampunk th- stuff there, in Dungeons and Dragons? There's a little bit of steampunk stuff. Like here, let me give you okay. let me give you a little a little photograph because I think you'll be convinced otherwise. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much of that D and D gameplay nature where you know skill checks, rolling for whether or not something can happen. Uh, yeah, this definitely looks very like tabletop RPG inspired. Right, and now obviously all of all of the stuff present here doesn't translate to disco elysium but i know that this one's held in high regard uh i've never played it because of availability 
I don't think uh, I think it is on Steam, but it's still like expensive, uh, so yeah. I haven't bothered to pick it up. Uh, but now it's on my list because it's apparently the greatest game of 1999, which is like that's a high honor. Yeah, it's like know? it's still twenty five dollars. Why? Yay. Oh, enhanced edition. My fucking B. Anyway. Oh yeah, you got an if it's enhanced, then that's definitely worth at least it. But I think this game is held mostly in high regard for its story, which I can't speak to, obviously, but I understand that it's dense. So. I love a dense story. You know what else has a dense story? Our next game. Do you know that for a fact, or are you just saying No, that? I'm just saying that. You know. You know me. I do know. It does have a dense story, actually. <laughs> I'm, I was Legend like, of Zelda Majora's Mask. I'm fairly certain. This is one of the... The greatest game of my birth year. This is one of the... And, uh, this is definitely one of the Zeldas that leans heavier on the story. I know that. This is... I would consider it one of the greatest games of all time. You think this earns that and number one spot? And that's not just... I, it is, it's probably number three for me in terms of greatest video games of all time. But also just like in terms of objectively, I think this is one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. It takes the Zelda format and twists it into its own uh unique style uh in which you have three days to complete your various tasks before everything is reset and you have to go back and continually uh chip away at various um uh side stories and main plot elements until you achieve your final goal of preventing the moon from falling and destroying uh the town as well as possibly the whole world it's got fantastic atmosphere great music the gameplay is fantastic it's a zelda game but it's also so much more than that it just has everything and the coolest thing about it is the way that the story um is specifically around one town which means that every character has a name they have locations that they're at during certain times during the day they have jobs they have lives they have interactions with other people that you can listen in on they have a world that is more uh vibrant than any game had ever been at that point and you get to know every single individual if you 100 percent complete the game and get everything in it you will learn about every single individual's problems their life you will help them deal with the inevitability of death in various different ways and each one by completing their side quest, you have moved further in understanding the plight of the people of this town, which then motivates you further to want to save it, to save these people that you know are facing their death with no sense of uh, safety. They know they can't be saved. And that really, really elevates the game beyond just, it's a good Zelda game. Yeah, but Kirby Tilt and Tumble came out that year. Kirby Doobie Tilton. The only thing that tilts me is Counter-Strike, uh, which actually the first Counter-Strike came out in 2000, so that's funny as well. Um, yeah, and not a single Counter-Strike game is on this list. I wonder why. Well, I won't remain silent about that, unlike, uh, or actually quite like uh, the hills. Hills! In our, the two hills in our next game. Okay, okay, I can't do it anymore. There are... <laughs> I have, so this game came out um, a little bit after 9-11, and I wonder how that made people feel. 
couple weeks after 9-11 and now you're getting scared again, you know? <laughs> I think these are... Silent Hill 2 came out in 2001. Um, it's it's a, People like it a, a lot. horror video game. It's getting a remake soon. Um, they're really remaking every horror game. They're remaking every game because they want you to pay $80 for the brand new version and with slightly better controls instead of just owning legacy content. I'm over it. I'm playing the original version because I don't want to be scared. I want to have a good time. You want to see, and I'm pretty sure... You want to see the goofy low-poly monsters? 100%. Is this the one with the nurse lady with the bandages on her head? I don't know. I've never been able to play it because I'm a PC gamer and they hate me. There's no Silent Hills on PC? I don't believe you. I, I don't think so. Silent Hill 2 is not on Steam, man. I'm pretty sure there's something. There's Silent something. No. Silent something. Silent Hill 2, you can pre-order the... Or you can, like add the well there you go the remaster to your wish list you can't do anything else though there's silent hill homecoming which came out in 2008 and has mixed reviews <laughs> that's pretty enticing silent hill 2 has pyramid head oh hell yeah that's pretty cool um we can't say too much about silent hill 2 i know that this is one of the games that people praise for being more atmospheric with horror it's not focusing on jump scares it's focusing on the fog is coming the fog is coming the fog is coming very existentially like dreadful yeah which i i much so i i very much so prefer in horror games okay of the few that i play we we're, we should speed run uh the games that we don't know from here on out oh absolutely i'm so done with all of this already uh, jet set radio future it's Jet Set Radio, but in the future, it uh, it's got it's got some tight controls. I have that one. Apparently, apparently they're making a new one, and people are excited about I am it. Excited. And I'm excited for those. It's got a people. good soundtrack. I like it. Yeah. This other Castlevania. You wanted to say something about it. Castlevania: Aria of Sorrow is like Symphony of the Night, but better. It's on the Game Boy Advance, <laughs> which is crazy. You all right? Everything okay? good. It's really fucking cool. <laughs> this game takes place in the future. You play as Soma Cruz. You're a Japanese high school student. And a castle appears in the sky. And you just like... It's like that one movie. Investigate that. What's up? <laughs> you, you okay? Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 is the one where he eats Snake. Which is not. Oh, an, is that all? It's we're... not an innuendo. Okay. Uh, um, you can finish your thought people about. People like this game a lot. You can finish your thought about Castlevania now that I did that. Oh, I like it a lot. It's a very good. It's a. It's a really good Metroidvania game, and I like it a lot. And I think the only thing holding it back is it was on the Game Boy Advance. But like, it's a fucking banger of a game, and the story is really cool. And there's a really great twist at the end, which I'm not going to spoil. I bet but if it's I. Really uh, I bet if I port it to the PC and play it with a proper controller, it'll feel amazing oh guaranteed i emulated on my 3ds and it was sick. i did that with uh i played uh zero mission uh on my pc with a controller and it was my favorite metroid experience it game the game boy advance needs a, a bit more praise because the amount of fucking bangers that they put out on that system yeah 
It's unbelievable. Totally unfair. Um, Metal Gear Solid 3. People really love this game. Yeah, I think it's mostly for the story. I, I'll be honest. I, I find it really hard to justify to myself sitting through as many cutscenes as Kojima wants to subject me to. Yeah, I'm antsy, he's, man. He's an interesting guy. If he wants, to, I want, if he wants to make a movie, he should make a movie. I want to like Metal Gear, and I haven't given it a really solid chance. But I will one day, and when I do, I think I'll like it just fine. Shit, but probably not as much as other people. Shitto of the the colossal piece of poop, um, Shadow of the Colossus. I love this game. It's so good. I haven't played it, and I have wanted to for a very long time. I think it is on Steam now. Um, oh, it's on everything, because they did the, the remaster, and then they did the remake. And both versions, I have the remaster on the, on PS3, and it's phenomenal. And then they like re- actually remastered it fully for like PS4. It's not, on, and it's, it's not on Steam. Okay, well, that's fine. It is such a cool game, and I mean this genuinely. This is, like, the best game with so little content in it. Like, there is nothing to do other than fight the Colossus. You you wake up, you go find a Colossus, you climb it, you kill it, you wake up, and then you find another Colossus, and that's the game. And that's all you need. It's literally, that's the game, and they knew that's all you needed. Yeah, and, I love and that. that's exactly, I wouldn't ask for anything else, because then everything else would just be you waiting to do it again. I... Yeah, the I think the only other like side thing you can find salamanders and trees and they give you more health, but it's like you you're going you're going to find the colossus and beat them up. You know? That's the joy. Speaking of joy, Mother 3. Mother 3. This is the greatest video game of all time. Your favorite number 1. This is the best game of all time and that's genuinely all I'm going to say about this because I don't I don't think there's anything that needs to be said. If you haven't played it, go play it. I'm not going to give any recommendations. It's a JRPG. It's beautiful. It's funny. It's sad. It's bizarre. It's strange. It's wonderful. It's just a good game. Play it. Just go play it right now, please. Uh, Next up, we have Umineko, When the Seagulls Cry. This one was a weird one because this is a, a periodically released visual novel with like a million different entries but the first entry came out in 2007 so i'm counting all of the game as 2007 because that's when the original first chapter came out i weebs love it. i don't care about the visual novels actually can we just every instance of a visual novel that we haven't touched for for the rest of this list we just skip it yeah apparently it's a mystery novel so that's cool i find a lot of them are like our next one professor layton Wait, does that mean we're skipping Professor Layton? Um, well, I think we can give Professor Layton a little bit of credit because he's uh, he's been around for a while, hasn't he? He's been around the block. And they're puzzle games. Yeah. Which is fascinating because Unwound Future is the third one. So I wonder what makes the third one so special. Or just better games came out when the first two came out. You know? Yeah, I... I could never get into Professor Layton, but I like that people like it so much. Yeah, that's that's fair. Wikizura says, it's a silly little puzzle game. Why the fuck am I crying my eyes out? I don't know, but now I kind of want to find out. 
uh, Full Metal Damon Muramasa. Yeah. What? I know nothing about this game. Man, is... What the hell is this? I mean... Um... Man, this is the same year Mario. Oh, it's and, a visual novel. This is the same year Mario it, and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story came out. Get out of here! Yeah, I don't even know if that game made my list. Not my list. The list. A list. It's a visual novel as well, so we could just skip. I over would it. rather play Ghost Wii Sports Resort. That's your opinion. Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective. Do you know anything about this game? Um, I feel like I've seen this cover art before. It's, that's because they're making a remake right now, and that's when it comes out, you should play it. That's what I saw in the Nintendo Direct. Yep. This game is so fucking sick. It's so cool. It's literally, you're a detective, you get killed, and you gotta... Keep detecting. You gotta investigate your own murder as a ghost. That's... And you can't really interact with things because you're a ghost, and so you need to, like... Just observe. Ghostly, like, interact with things to make other people solve your murder, and it's like fucking hell yeah it's the guy who made ace attorney that's all you need that to know checks out um but it's just such a cool fucking like concept i love it okay uh legend of heroes the legend Trails of heroes. Of Azure. this is a uh an rpg it's a strategy rpg it's an anime rpg I don't know anything about this game, but apparently the entire series is very critically acclaimed because there's like three of these games on here and people fucking love them. And that's great. And I hope, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll play them one day, but I don't, yeah. I got a lot of RPGs I got, under my belt. And this looks, this, this doesn't look like anything unique to me. It doesn't look like it has anything that isn't in another RPG. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I, I do recognize the house in Fata Morgana, which is the next one on our list. Um, I was going to say, this is like a pretty highly uh, rated um, Yeah, but, the, but I feel like well. this one gets talked about outside of visual novel circles. Uh, for Is that because it's like weird? Yes, but I think it's just like, as far as the story goes, it's just that like batshit insane that it justifies the, the visual novel aspect uh being the primary gameplay okay um but we won't say much about it we we can talk about the last of us though can we not really i know you have opinions about the last of us which are fascinating i just so let's hear i think i have more opinions on the uh the second game um but people have a lot of opinions about the second game. I know nothing about the second game, so I uh, I can't. It's fine. I can't say anything. I listen. I'm when I critique The Last of Us, I critique the story because I haven't played the game, but I sure. I know the story, and the story is what most people praise to begin with with the game. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, as far as I know, it's a pretty generic third person shooter. That's survival what I was type gonna game. say. It, like it, it is not very special on the or innovative on the gameplay front but it's in terms of how it tells its story yeah it was pretty cine like this was like the peak of the cinematic gaming uh absolutely revolution that we saw in the the late 2000s into early 2010s where you had things like uncharted we're doing ridiculous amounts of mocap we're having contextual button prompts for 
you know, m small little moments to make it feel like you're really in control of something that's essentially a cutscene. Yeah, they're just trying to be like, hey, look, video games are like movies too. That means we're like cool, like we're we're real too. And but then it was like, oh, yeah, no, you're just making a it's slightly interactive movie so maybe that's why i hold contempt for it because it's and maybe contempt is even a strong word but i just look at it and i kind of go eh. because to me it's like we can praise we can sing the praises of the motion capture work and the story writing all day long but these aren't the things that make video games video games yeah but i would argue on the optimistic side that like games like this that have a decent gameplay but an amazing story it's like they made it a video game which means the gameplay should be important but if the story is like what you're coming there for if the gameplay isn't bad i don't think it's too much of a knock to it because you're there to experience it you know yeah and I like know. games have so many aspects to them that like you can't you can't always nail every single thing so like obviously gameplay is probably the most important for most games i think like giving games that focus on other areas a chance is is important to like letting different types of games flourish and the last of us was very much so trying to be like hey this is an experience come with us on this journey well i think that's you know? the other thing too is that it's so akin to a uh like a a themed ride at an amusement park like a roller coaster yeah. that takes you through a few different set pieces because i don't think the characters I don't think they have much arc or much like progression to them and i think they become they're, they're just vehicles that's, for suffering throughout this. that's crazy for you to say that we're gonna talk about this later but that's crazy you said that yeah because my favorite games are like fucking half-life no because the characters definitely have arcs and journeys they go on and each of them grows and at the end of the game you it's Okay. I just don't that's I cool. don't think they're interesting to ride with. That's fine. You could say that. Liza. Another Lisa. very miserable game. I'm sorry, this is it's Lisa, right? I've always said Liza. Cause the S looks Isn't Liza with a Z? The S looks more like a Z to me in the title. How do you font. spell Lisa? The same way. It depends on who's asking me. Okay. I think Lisa is a fantastic game, and I'm very excited for the remake. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> take a shot every time you hear us say that, this this podcast. Absolutely phenomenal uh, writing. Uh, combat system lacking. I never loved it, but it's, it's, it's just there. It's something that has to be there, and everything else this surrounding is... it is hilarious and fantastic. This is quirky, Earthbound-inspired RPG done right. Fuck, and that's you. all I gotta say about that. Bloodborne, the game that <laughs> the game that we all want to play, play Lisa, but it's really we good. can't. I've never played Bloodborne. It looks too scary. Well, that's that's kind of fair, actually. Bloodborne's pretty creepy. Um, yeah. Want to play it? It's one of the most highly acclaimed games of all time. Can't play it. I have a PC. Uh, um, 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 the mask of truth. Um, I think this is the porn game. I'm skipping it. Uh, because I don't the remember. Grace 8, the great Grace 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8,
the great Ace Attorney we didn't get this game. resolve. We we got we got the two games bundled together. Um, this game didn't come out on its own. You have to buy the bundle. But like the first game is also pretty good. So like, does that is that really a big deal? We'll just it's I'll take game. this as representative of all of the Ace Attorney games. They're great. Hence the title. The original Ace Attorney games didn't have great in front of them. Now they have great in front of them. Oh, he's great already. Now they're great. Um, That's pretty cool. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Hey, Kat, if you're listening to this, Red Dead 2. I hope you've been vindicated. Yeah, it's pretty hard to disagree with this because even, even if you are the type of person like me who most of the time is like fuck the story let me go let me go cowboy shoot a man yeah i got sucked right into the story the the characters the writing the the gorgeous visuals and then on top of that yeah some really punchy gunplay fuck everything else is is secondary but I've always said that one of the biggest merits of an open world game is how much fun it is just to meander around. And Mm. it's a thrill in this game. No matter how well you know the landscape, there's always... You'll see a deer running by and it's like, well, I could could pull up my bow and take a shot at that and drag it back to the the local village and sell that for some money. Or I could just let it go and then I'll turn the corner and there's a guy on a... Uh, stagecoach and he's getting robbed and i gotta save a damsel now yeah i'm not really an open world kind of guy but this game has been pitched to me endlessly to the point that yeah i'm gonna play it and i hope i like it but i make no promises now what we have reached uh with red dead 2 uh is what i like to call the matt zone which is where i'm gonna have nothing to say and matt's gonna be talking for a long time i'm not gonna take too much time but we Let's mentioned go. it before. But I just I have nothing to say about all of these games. Disco Elysium is still haven't played it. Want to? Gonna play it soon. Absolutely incredible, and I say that as somebody that I tried this about three times uh, from the start before I really got hooked on it. So if if you have this game sitting in your library, just taking up space, and you tried it for an hour or two and you couldn't get into it give it your time this is in essence a very complex visual novel but on so it's such a profound and intense meditation on what it means to exist within a system that is fundamentally broken under the guise of being a detective game it is fiercely philosophical. It it does... There is no, like, main quest system, you know? There's no, like, oh, I have to solve the case. The case is just something that happens while you exist. The, you know, you'll get something like, oh, you need to find your other shoe because you lost one of your shoes when you were drunk last night, and that's given just as much importance as solving the case. It's, there, there is no, it feels like, how do I put this? When I play something like Skyrim, I know there's a main quest and I know that the side quests are kind of carved out for me, right? That something that I do as an aside is 
something to do as an aside. In Disco Elysium, I, I feel so immersed in the whole thing. I very The only time that I'm reminded that I'm playing a video game is when I go to talk to somebody and I realize that I don't have the proper like skills for it, and so I'll change my clothes in front of them to uh, give myself the proper stats. We've all been there. Yeah, but it feels... Half-Life Alex. It feels embarrassing in Disco Elysium. Play <laughs> Disco Elysium. It's amazing. It's heartbreaking. Play Mother 3. Um, Half-Life Alex. This one, I don't blame people for not playing this because, like, well... It's v- it's the first and only VR game on this list, which I feel like speaks for itself. Yeah. Um... I thought, you'd, I thought you'd have a lot to say about this one. I, I Well, I do, but at the same time, I don't, because it's very... I'm just looking at the other games that released this year, and it's really funny to me that uh, the, the mod loader for Terraria is technically rated higher than this. I digress. Is, wait, is that true? mod loader, yeah. Um... Half-Life Alex is incredible. I have a video about it on my YouTube channel if you want to hear my fleshed-out thoughts, but it still, three years later, is the absolute pinnacle of VR game design. It doesn't use VR as a gimmick. It uses it to its full extent, and much in the way that Half-Life 2 was meant to showcase physics and half-life one was meant to showcase in-game animation systems and uh, you know making sure that you were not ever in a cutscene and had full control of the character half-life alex evolves on both of those while also bringing the world to vr i amazing just the, the maybe the best video game experience i've ever had I obviously pretty can't good. recommend it to everybody, though. What the hell is this for 2021? The Legend of Heroes, Kuro no Kiseki. It's another Legend of Heroes game. It's an RPG. It's anime. Anyway, Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the people who like that game, but I haven't played it yet, and I maybe never will, but also because it's very high rated, maybe I will, but honestly, mm. Elden Ring. Yeah, okay. Um... It's fucking... Now, Matt, you've never tried to sell me on Elden Ring before, so hit me. Have what, I... Tr- what, why, why, why should I play Elden Ring? What's what's so good about it? Wait a minute. You're pulling Keep my in mind, leg. I hate open-world games, and I hate fantasy, and I hate RPGs. Now sell me on this game. Big sword. All right, I'm listening. Um, I still think to this day, uh, the coolest thing about Elden Ring is the magic that it's not just basic lightning fireball, uh, healing spell type thing. I like a nice magic system. There are, well, there's, there's, it diverges into so many different types of things, like everything from summoning stones from the earth and using gravity to cast them to, uh, geomancy. Like taking your arm and turning it into a dragon and then you can chomp someone or breathe fire at them you could do that in fire emblem fates the worst fire emblem game so well this uh, fortunately for you this game doesn't suck (laughs) you know what else sucks fire emblem wasn't on this list once 
well that's okay maybe, maybe you should do a better job uh shilling your game series because it worked for elden ring yeah well i get from software where are they from anyway huh is, right? that, is that not a terrible company name it really is i don't why would i ever want to buy something from from software the latest game from from software awful oh dude they make cookie and cream dude i'd love cookies and cream hershey's no they're like rabbits next that's pretty next cool. time in on exit tainers um i'm gonna delve into the colon we're gonna talk butts do you think we're gonna okay any more context on that or what were you gonna ask if we were gonna Oh, I was going to ask, we were going to, well, now I know the answer was no. I was going to say we've, we've been on a bit of a, a media kick with movies and video games. So are we going to talk about anything else? But have we ever talked about anything else? We're going to talk about butts. At, and then you answered it. You're going to keep all that in, right? Yeah, of course. Exit. Can you let me exit? Can you let me exit? Exit. Exit.